Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Strick and Austin. Also, Steve Simple, member of the early break crew, Sippin' Jake and Coach Bill Bush as well. We bring him in now on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm kind of taking it easy, so I'd say good. Hey, we like taking it easy. You're a hardworking guy. We like to hear that. Um, Let's start here with Nebraska football. The transfer portal window, the 15 days have come and gone. As you, if you as you look at where Nebraska is, the guys that it lost, were there any surprises that left Lincoln to you? <laughs> well, you hit kind of a you hit kind of a hot button with me there. I, I what I've been saying, Austin, is I, I hope you can understand this. There's kind of a distinction to be made. I, I'm what I'm telling people is don't be surprised by anybody. You know that's my stock answer to that why 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 would we be surprised by anybody if marvin harrison jr jumped into the portal should you really be surprised i don't think so i mean guys are going for seemingly no reason anymore now that said there are some that are more unexpected than others i'd say no i'm not surprised by anybody anybody um i think like when you know, Stefan Wynn, I, I don't understand it, really. I mean, I think he's he was going to play here. Um, A.J. Allen's a loss. I mean, that, that's a loss. I, I don't know how to, else to frame it. And I don't know. The other thing about these things, Austin, are they're I don't know, interesting and frustrating all at the same time. You really don't know why. And nobody really can say it. You know, the coaches, it wouldn't. You know, it's protocol dictates that they shouldn't talk to coaches about specific players and reasons, right? You don't want coaches out there talking about that. Players generally don't. I mean, why Why would you? You know, I mean, unless you wanted to get something off your chest. But even then, I don't even know if you'd want to do that. So we're kind of left just to speculate. And I don't know. I mean, I... I think the big one is A.J. Allen. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that they're better off without him. But just for whatever reason, that wasn't working out. We went back and forth on this question a little bit yesterday, and I think I know your answer based off of that. But was A.J. Allen the biggest loss, or could you argue that it was maybe Casey Thompson? Uh, it's a good I don't know, It's a good question. I mean, they're all – see, I mean, it's they're all three losses, okay, in my opinion. Maybe you could maybe you could talk me off a win, except anytime you lose a a big eight a big body who's pretty good at least, that's a loss. Because there's hey Austin, how many guys do you know who are six four and three ten and athletic? I I can count them on zero fingers for the ones I know personally. I I don't know them personally at all. Um, so that's that's a loss. Yeah, Casey. (laughs) <laughs> the quarterback discussion got really interesting. I mean, it's been interesting. It was interesting with six. I don't know. I just frame it up this way. You know, a week ago, it was on Monday. People were asking me, like a, a week ago Monday, the big question was, hey, do they have too many guys? Is, is six too many? Then by the end of last week, by Friday, 
there were people asking, hey, do they need to go in the portal and get somebody? I mean, it changed so fast. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all weird to me. I, Casey had me convinced, and his dad, Charles, that they were legitimately here, that they, were gonna, that they wanted to give it a go. And I, I mean, I think they play the game really well. And I'm probably a little naive to think that Casey would stay here under the circumstances, especially, especially if – well, he, he was at Auburn. You know, he, he was at Auburn Sunday, Monday. I think Monday. He was there for sure over the weekend. So he had been talking to Auburn, um, Florida. There's still that, so what I'm saying, guys, is there are teams talking to him. And there's probably money involved. And I think he probably waited till he got his last NIL check and then said, okay, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm, I'm, I'm heading, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to enter the portal and I'll probably be a starter next year somewhere. When you, when you look at uh sip going, um, please forgive my voice. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's kind of, uh, trying to get away from me, but listen to this real quick. When you, when you look at Jeff Sims now, you got a chance to put your eyes on him. Um, I'm sure you've been over to practices as well. Yeah. When you're looking at the receiving core, um, we've had some, you know, some breakouts over the last few years. Um, Trey being the last one, Trey Palmer, uh, getting drafted in the sixth round. Um, where do you view that receiving core uh, mm-hmm. incoming, and who do you think is probably getting the best, you know, uh, developing the best chemistry um, in that receiving room with with uh, Sims, being that he's new and a lot of those guys are new as well? Well, it's interesting because I think for the third straight year, I guess for the third straight year, I think Nebraska will be led in receiving by someone out of the portal. I think Billy Kemp is the will be that guy. Um, if it's not Marcus Washington, um, I mean, I think Xavier Betts can be a major factor, and I hope he is a major factor, especially as a downfield guy, because Kemp's not really that guy, neither is Washington. Mm-hmm. But Kemp, but Kemp's going to catch a lot of passes. They're going to make sure Kemp catches a lot of passes. Um, so that's I think Kemp has developed quick chemistry with Sims. I hope Washington has. Uh, those are your those are your bell cows in that in that room for sure. And I think Xavier can. I think Xavier Betts can be. Uh, we didn't. I don't know Isaiah Car- Garcia Castaneda's got to be in. That, he's got to be in that conversation. Mm. Um, Fleece has to be in that conversation. The, the transfer from Baylor. Um, so those. I mean, those are your main guys. So that's that's it. I mean, Kemp. But I, but Kemp's different. Kemp's a different kind of guy than Samori Torre and James Palmer. Both those guys, think about it. I mean, think about what they average per catch. Torre, I think, was in the ninth. I mean, you can get your young guy there. <laughs> I shouldn't say it. Somebody look it up. But um, Torre, I think, was in the 19 range. And Palmer was in the 17-plus range. Those guys average a pretty big number per catch. I don't see that with Camp. I don't think that's gonna. But he'll he'll be a volume guy for sure. Right. 
Uh, to your point, uh, Samori Ture averaged 17.8 yards a catch, Trey Palmer 14.7 at Nebraska, which is numbers we haven't seen in a while. With Kemp, is there anyone that comes to mind that he reminds you of that Nebraska fans would know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, don't think I'm terrible at this. Actually, he is a little unique. Now that you mentioned that, he's a little unique. I haven't – I'd have to – I have to think about that one a little bit to do a good comparison. Nobody, I don't, I'm trying to think recently, you know, what I'm trying to do, I guess, is think of smaller slot guys, but Kemp is not just a slot guy. That's, he's different than that. If you watch his Virginia tape, he played the slot at times, but they would play him wide. You know, he's a little guy, you know, he's five, nine. I don't know what that is. Probably five, they probably listen 5'10". Little guy. So you don't see those little guys lined up wide very often. Um, but he, he did. And he's not all. He's not like a burner. I mean, we're not talking about Tajon Lindsay. Tajon Lindsay is a pretty fast little guy. Um, you know what? Lindsay's a, probably a fairly good comparison, except I don't think Kemp has that kind of speed. J.D. Spielman? Yeah, that's not bad. I don't, again, I don't, I don't think – I don't – yeah. That's a good one, Austin. Actually, that is a good one. He's thicker. Now, I would say this, and this is important to me, anyway. Um, Kemp is thicker. I always, I was always startled when I came upon Spielman, how small he was. I mean, he's real. He was really little. I mean, little, little ankles, little wrists, little guy. I mean, he was just a little guy. Kemp's thicker. Probably can take a little bit. I don't know. I guess Spielman took a pretty good pounding, but little different. Not probably quite, probably not quite as fast as Spielman, but a little more, kind of a little more rugged. I'm seeing uh, this come across the wire here. T.J. Finley, the Auburn quarterback, leaving Auburn as a grad transfer again. That's a destination Casey Thompson has been linked to. As you look at the Nebraska quarterback room, Casey Thompson, Logan Smothers, Richard Torres leave. Jeff Sims, Heinrich Harburg, and Chuba Purdy stay. Did Nebraska keep the right group of quarterbacks to be successful in the next few years? Uh, it's, uh, no way I'm going to say yeah, but I'm not going to say no either, right? It's just, I don't know. There's, that's a big unknown, isn't it? Because you don't know exactly. First of all, you don't know exactly what you're going to get from Sims. I mean, you, you have a pretty good idea based on the past, but you hope that he cuts down the interceptions and increases his completion percentage, right? Um, he's going to have to do that to be successful. And then the other two are just still pretty well for sure. Heinrich Harburg is an unknown. And Chuba, what you hope is that Chuba gets better. I mean, the, and Harburg too, but Chuba, I mean, we saw a lot of Chuba last year. And we just, I mean, all you can say is he just he needs to get better. And I think he has. I thought he looked much more confident in the spring game, like much more in control. I mean, much less like someone who just wasn't prepared. Like last year, come on. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm being unfair to say when he went in against Illinois, he didn't look prepared. Yeah. He looked like a guy who wasn't ready. He looked like, I don't know, like you've ever had to do a task you've never done. You just go into it. You're sort of, you're unconfident and it shows in your movements. You're, and you can just see it. 
but he didn't look like that in the spring game. He looked prepared, and the picture looked a little bit better. Um, so yeah, and then Harburg's just so raw as a passer. You got to get more polished. And, I mean, can he complete sixty percent? Doesn't look like it right now. He's two for nine the spring game. Passing's an issue. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'm not. I, I, I'll tell you one thing: I never do is count young guys out. They're they're too young to count them out. Harburg and Purdy, too young. We'll see what they'll see what they look like now after some more development. A guy that looked pretty good in the spring game. They bring him in, you know, presumably to be the starter, and that's Jeff Sims. Sib, I'm a Colts fan. They draft Anthony Richardson. I feel like I'm going to be watching the same quarterback on Saturday as I am on Sunday. If Jeff Sims is, you know, ninety percent what Anthony Richardson is as an athlete, even, you know, 75, 80% as an athlete. What's his ceiling? Well, yeah, I mean, Simmons has a high ceiling. I think he's a little more pop. I don't know too much about your draft pick there, Richardson, except he completed 53% of his passes at Florida and only started 11 games. There's a lot. There's just a lot we don't know about Richardson. That's a fascinating pick, by the way. If there's a pick in the draft that's a risk it's him change cycle man that's a risk pick. Mm-hmm. that's a risk you're putting a franchise on the back of a player who started 11 games at florida and completed 53 percent of his passes yeah he can probably dunk it behind his head but last i checked that doesn't matter in the nfl um so i, I that's a risk pick sims pretty polished as a passer i'd say and pretty polished just polished he's polished I mean, he op- he's a smooth operator now. He looks he looks in control. Um, I thought he, you know, just operationally in the spring game, pretty smooth, right? And that's that's a good sign. And okay, when I'm just talking about operations, I'm just saying line up the guys, be calm, get in the right plays. Um, don't you know? Don't you know? Like you can see guys when they're not in control, what that looks like. He's in control. Plus, he's a great athlete. So there's, I think he has a lot. Of, he has, I think he's got enormous potential. Cut down interceptions, improve completion percentage. We're standing here on May 2nd. If I asked you who the best player on Nebraska's offense and the best player on Nebraska's defense is right now, who are your answers? Jeff Sims on offense. On defense, oh. God, I got it. I'm just closing my eyes right now, thinking of the guys. Reimer was last year, so Reimer wasn't in the spring game, but I'm still tempted to say Reimer. Reimer's led the team in tackles two straight years. He's a he plays sideline to sideline at a high level. He's a sideline to sideline guy. Little, I, I just a little undersized for an inside linebacker in the Big Ten. But he does make – he's made a lot of plays. Um, proven. I'm going Reimer. Given what you said about Jeff Sims, I think I know the answer to that question, that if he's the best player on Nebraska's offense, Nebraska can be successful. If Luke Reimer is still the best player on Nebraska's defense, is can that defense be consistently successful in the Big Ten, or does someone else need to step up and supplant him? Um. That's a good question. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to insinuate that Reimer's not very good. I mean, he's pretty good. Oh yeah. So if someone can get to that level with him and make plays, Quentin Newsom is 
you know, I mean, Newsom has been identified by the coaching staff um, as a as a NFL player. Okay, and Reimer has now. It, that then that brings up sort of an interesting discussion that sometimes there's really good college players that don't necessarily project at the next level. And I, you know, Reimer doesn't project as well as Quentin Newsom does. Um, but Reimer's probably a little more valuable to the defense. I don't know. It's close. Newsom's, Newsom's probably the next guy. Now, hmm. what you'd like to see is someone up front, you know, like, like, man, it would be nice if MJ Sherman in the first three games, you were saying to me, Stip, remember, remember in uh, early May when you thought Reimer was the best player? Would you say it's MJ Sherman now? That would be a great development, right? That mm-hmm. would be because it probably means you got a little more pass rush pop, right? Um, you know, he's a big physical guy that can move. It might be Sherman. But he's got he's got to he's got to he's got to prove that. Got to be really nice if in the third week you were saying, "Man, did you expect what you're seeing from number sixteen, Judy, um, Elijah Judy?" That would be oh boy, that would help, wouldn't it? If if you had a wrecking ball in the middle of the defense, Judy looked better. I he was better than I thought he would be. Mm. Um, and by the way. I don't know. Now I'm now I, I'm getting out over my skis a little bit, but Judy might explain when why Wynn's gone because maybe Wynn thought I'm going to hold down the middle, be the big man in the middle, but that looks like they're going with number sixteen. Um, it could be. I don't know. Last thing for you then, we're through spring ball for Nebraska football. What are you waiting to to hear and to see throughout summer before we get to fall camp? Just, I'm, I just think you got to look. You got to continue to monitor recruiting personnel incoming. I mean, this has got they got to get better. Nebraska's, you know, just they had two guys drafted. Both both of those guys were on campus for less than a year. All right, two guys out of the portal. I think three of the last five guys at Nebraska. They've been, oh, I don't want to go down to it. They had two guys drafted out of the portal. You need to start identifying young guys coming in that are NFL type players. The all big 10, I'm a broken record, but I'm going to, I'll never stop saying it. as long as Nebraska's in the middle of the pack or below, it's easily explained in my, well, part of it's easily explained. When people ask you what happened at Nebraska, one thing to say is, well, they stopped producing NFL guys. They stopped producing high level NFL easily identifiable draft picks that you know are going on the first day or the first round or the second day. I mean, it's not happening. So how do you expect when Michigan has nine guys drafted, why do you think you can beat Michigan? Unless it's just a fluke. You're not. You're not going to. How are you going to beat Ohio State? Even Purdue had five guys drafted. They won the West. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you know, you're going to upset some teams and you're going to beat, you're going to win on some, you're going to win some games you're not supposed to, but you know, that's what, that's what, Hey, I mean, what mediocrity and inconsistency are neighbors. I mean, that's what it is. 
and really Nebraska hasn't won that many games it shouldn't have over the last, you know, five, seven years, but we'll, we'll get to that next week. So I'm going to dig into that before I make a, a full declaration. Steve Sippel early break with Sip and Jake and coach Bill Bush also writing for Husker online with us here on the block. Steve, as always, appreciate your time. Have a good rest of your week. All right. Take care guys. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Appreciate Steve and his insight. I see Kenny, I see Jay, I see DP. Who knows who's stepping in next for the crossover? We'll bring the old school crew in, wrap up on the block next.